What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Only Child Syndrome Podcast. I'm your host, Tevin West. When we come to this podcast, we'll be discussing sports, current events, random topics, special topics, and the human experience. We'll have special guests on from time to time, but for the most part, you got my six and I got yours. So let's get started. Let's talk about the NFL scores from week 10, which was the most recent week uh, for NFL football. Now, I'm a Giants fan, you know, but you know, I wanted to go over just the overall scores. So, got them here in front of me, just from the top, the Panthers and the Bears, and the Panthers... Panthers lost. Yeah, I also I also talk about like as I go down the games, I'll talk about like who I think blew it and who I think didn't. So I know the Panthers. I know by heart the Panthers are like like one in. They they haven't won very many games. It's either been like one or two games, and the Bears are <clears throat> somewhere along the same lines. I know the Panthers. They got a. Um, Bryce Young um, was the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, quarterback at Alabama, but they hadn't really given many tools, and they shipped off DJ Moore, who was probably going to be the best asset he had. They shipped him off, and he's with the Bears. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so that was, like, that's one of the first games I'm looking at. And then the second, the second game I'm looking at is uh, – Colts and the Patriots. That's a rivalry. Um, the Patriots uh, actually are winning that all-time rivalry. I had uh, looked it up previously. I'm not sure what. Um, <coughs> I'm not sure what the <coughs> official record is, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, the Colts won ten to six. Patriots really aren't what they used to be since they're. Uh, Star quarterback left, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had to find things to plug and play with, um, and it hasn't worked as well for him. Um, Browns and the Ravens. So the Browns beat the Ravens 33-31 to 31 in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Browns, uh, they're kind of like, they're really, really good on defense. First of all, they have like this amazing defensive end named Miles Garrett, and um, I was like um, the 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 Browns. Uh, he like single handedly wins games sometimes. Like he had like a block field goal on one of the most recent games, I think. Um, and they also have like a a really just a really solid defense overall because. <clears throat> Then I look. I looked at the highlights. If you look at the game, like 
Deshaun Watson didn't really have the best game, but towards the end, he started turning into like Deshaun Watson. I was breaking like 4,000 yards passing at Houston, so it's kind of weird. Um, oh, and by the way, to go back at the Colts, Patriots, the, the, the Colts are, uh, I mean, if they had Anthony Richardson, they probably look a whole lot better, but that's what it is. They don't have him right now. He's out for the season, I think. Packers and the Steelers, the Steelers won 23-19. Um, I think it's really interesting to see how Mike Tomlin keeps finding um, innovative ways to stay uh employed as an NFL coach, head coach. I mean, the Steelers are not very good this year, but um he takes one play at a time and that's why I think they're like six and three. <laughs> and they're really, really they're really uh efficient. They're not very good but they're efficient because in the Jaguars, the forty ers beat the Jaguars thirty four to three. It's not much to really say about that. I mean people want to give the Jaguars their credit. Um, I mean, let's see. I mean, the Jaguars, I don't know their, I don't know where they stand in the, uh, there we go, AFC South. The Jaguars are 6-3, and three, but they're playing in a division that has the Texans, who are kind of like on the come up because of the emergence of C.J. Stroud. So they're becoming like, they're becoming a quality team, but they're not there yet. So they're five and four. They're above 500, just barely. The Colts, I just got done talking about them. Uh, Anthony Richardson's out for the season. And then you got the Titans, who are just god-awful. Um, so the Jaguars, I mean, they're at the top of AFC South, but I mean, to me, they don't really play anybody. So the 49ers beating them is appropriate. It's very appropriate. I'm And I'm an NFC guy. Like, I have an NFC bias, but I'm just keeping it real. Like, if you go over here to the NFC and then the 49ers are in the NFC West, like, we can we can run that. I mean, the NFC West has got the 49ers at the top at 6-3, and three, the Seahawks at 6-3, and three, the Rams at 3-6, and six, and the Cardinals at 2-8 and eight. now. I just got to be talking about the AFC South and how the AFC South is, you know, <clears throat> not really that good. But, you know, um, the NFC West is not that good either. But the thing is, like, the NFC West is better than the – the NFC West is better than the, than the AFC South. You know, the AFC South has got, um, what, three teams that are – let me see here. AFC South has got – Three, no, two teams that are, at, uh, two teams that are, are either at five hundred or below five hundred. In the NFC West, three and six, two and eight, and the NFC West has the Rams. So actually, you know, they're about the same. They're about the same. But I think that the 49ers as a team is superior to the Jaguars. I always feel that way uh, in this season because if you look at the firepower the 49ers have, they have um, a running back who's basically a slot receiver in Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's a heck of a running back too. Um, 
you got Brandon Ayuk, who is a route running like who's a route running stud, and <laughs> he's gonna make the catches. So he's like your pure receiver. You got Debo Samuel, who's like a wide back. You know what I mean? Um, George Kittle, who's like your all pro tight end. Um, and then you got he's probably second to Travis Kelsey in the league. And then you got um, on the defensive side, you got Nick Bosa, and they had just made a, uh, uh, I think it was like a trade to get um, Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. And I don't even know how on earth they got Chase Young for, I think they got him for like a third round pick. Or something like that. I don't even know why the Washington Commanders offloaded him for such so cheap. Like, the kid's insane. So, we've got two defensive ends that are, like, all pro in there. But just sweeping. Just doing a sweep. Um, they got, uh, um, uh, I think his name is Tafua Tile. I forgot his name. Forgive my ignorance. But, um... It was a kid, he's Samoan, but he's been working with Troy Palomalu, play safety. Uh, Tafunga. I don't know his first name, but Tafunga. He was uh, working with uh, Troy Palomalu. He's been working with Troy Palomalu, and he's been looking just like Troy Palomalu at that strong safety position. Cracking heads, mate. Um, and then, um, so I, I just think that the 49ers are superior to the Jaguars. So, uh See here, you got the Saints and the Vikings, and that's I don't really want to talk. I mean, the Saints. Let's see, the Saints had David Carr. Um, not David Carr. Goodness gracious, they had they got Derek Carr, um, from the Raiders, and then they ended up um pretty much replacing. I mean, from what it looks like, it. I don't know anymore, but he was supposed to be the replacement for Drew Brees. I mean, went Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, now it's Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is like, he's probably what Andy Dalton was. Um, but, I mean, it's just, he's got to find his groove. You know, I, I believe in Derek Carr's abilities. He's just got to find his groove at the Saints. Um Let's see here, the <clears throat> Vikings. The Vikings are dealing with their all-pro quarterback, Kirk Cousins, being out for the season. Um, I think it's an Achilles injury. Um, and uh, somebody had said, I think a few people in the media were saying that it's career-ending. Dude, listen. Listen, that's what I'm going to say about that. Career-ending injuries, they exist, but, like, there are things that – that were career ending back in the nineties and eighties and even before that, that are not career ending now. So I just need for people to stop saying that career ending injuries and stuff. Cause Aaron Rodgers is about to come back before the season even ends and he tore his Achilles. So, um, yeah. So the Vikings are, you know, they have a, uh, Kirk Cousins is out. So, their quarterback they got was Josh Dobbs. They got him from the Cardinals. And uh, 
he led them to a win over the Saints. Um, you know, for me, those two divisions, the AFC South is the NFC South is not good this year. Um, the best team there is the Saints. They're five and five, so that should tell you everything you know about that. And then um, you got the uh, the Vikings in the NFC North. I think they're at the top. Nah, they're second. They're second to the Lions. So those are the best two teams. And the Vikings have a <clears throat> the Vikings have a chance to keep pace with the Lions, but you know the Lions are Dan Campbell has turned that that organization around for the better. So they better be ready to uh, they better be ready to keep up because the Lions are very active. So we're going to the Texans and the Bengals. Now I was just talking about that, that Texans division, the AFC South. And the Texans are, like I said, they're emerging with C.J. Stroud uh, as a quarterback. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're on their way. And the Bengals are, I mean, just, just kind of like seeing them for the past three years there. They're not. They're one of those teams that is elite, and they'll be elite for a while as long as they can keep the particular pieces they need with Joe Burrow and um, Higgins and T. Uh, um, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and um, Boyd. But um, it re- it remains to be seen how long they can keep it together. Um, but as long as they can keep that together, man, they'll always be in the fight for a position to. They'll always be. They'll. I'll always give them a chance to be in the AFC Championship picture. How about that? The Titans lost to the Buccaneers, twenty to six. There's nothing to see here. Literally, there's nothing to see here. I will. I will point out that. Um, I will point out that Baker Mayfield has definitely risen to the occasion. And a lot of people said that he was going to be a draft bust, and I just don't see it. I don't see that he's a draft bust. I don't see that he's, like, one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. But you know how small that company is to be known to be the an elite quarterback in the NFL? It's a very small company. It's really only, like, five, if that. So it's like for him to be a successful NFL quarterback, competent game manager, that's like a compliment, you know what I mean? Like to be known as a competent game manager is the best thing you, you is one of the best things you can be in the NFL if you're not going to be at the top. So I just I'm not that person that thinks that it's either you suck or you're great. Nah, like there's a there's an in between. There's an in between. There's an Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? Like he was good, but he wasn't that good. But he was, you knew he was good though. Like you knew that, like he knew what was going on. You knew he was going, he wasn't going to mess nothing up. Um, you know, you got the Lions and the Chargers. That was a gunslinging match, forty-one um, to thirty-eight. The Lions beat the Chargers. I think that the Chargers. Um, there's a podcast, or not a podcaster, but there's a uh, there's a YouTuber and I I watch. It's, it's called the urinating tree, and he always, always calls the Chargers liquid LA, and I couldn't agree more. You know, 
when I think about the Chargers, I think about um, instability. I think about a team that um, <laughs> they have like everything at their disposal. Like you know, they're the they're the kid that has everything at their disposal and stuff, but they just they just can't seem to get stable. And I think that plays a lot into them being almost good. You know what I mean? Like even in the San Diego days, like it was almost good. You know, Dan Fouts, almost. Uh Keller Winslow Senior, almost. Drew Brees, almost. Ladain Thompson, almost. Phillip Rivers, almost. You know what I mean? Um even Rodney Harrison, almost. Like, it's just an almost, it's just an almost type franchise. So it's like with with the Lions emerging and that organization turning around, Dan Campbell doing it. There's <clears throat> no surprise here. 41-38. Um in the Chargers playing the AFC West. And so we haven't went over the AFC West, but I mean we we, we can look at it, you know what I mean? I actually don't know too much about this conference. This conference is kind of like one of the ones I don't really pay attention to that much. But they do have the reigning Super Bowl champs in there. The Chiefs are at the top. They're the best team there by far. They know what they're doing. They know they have the most direction. They're seven and two. And the Raiders are five and five. Chargers are four and five. At Liquid LA, four and five and third. And and the Broncos are at the bottom. So it's not really I mean, I, I never really pay attention to this division. It just seems kind of like a black hole, ironically, no pun intended. But, I mean, I was right. <laughs> I wasn't wrong on that assumption. Uh, so you got the Falcons and the Cardinals. So <laughs> I'm from Georgia. I'm not a Falcons fan, though, and I just want to say to the Falcons that you are going to blow your chances to make the playoffs if you don't stop <laughs> like losing to the cardinals you know what i mean the cardinals are like last dead last in the afc west i mean the nfc west and they've only won two games we the giants we the giants beat the cardinals okay so i, I just i mean they traded away josh dobbs who was their best asset so that means that I mean, guys, like, Chicago, Chicago blanked them. You know what I mean? I think, sorry, not Chicago, but the Cardinals. Look, I mean, not the – help me. The Browns blanked them, like, 27-0. And they beat y'all 25-23. Yeah. Now, um, on to my team, the Giants. We lost 49 to 17 to the Cowboys. And let me tell you something. The Giants are a storied franchise. And the Giants are a franchise. They're one of the darlings of the NFL. They're one of the original teams in the NFL. Um, but we're starting to we're starting to look real unprofessional right now. I'm just gonna say that. Like we're starting to look real bad. I mean, it's <laughs> We're just starting to look like one of those teams that has no identity and it's starting to mess up our brand. And I ain't really going to speak too much on that because I got three more games to cover. So the Washington Commanders, uh, who don't matter at all, lost to the Seahawks. Um, Let's see. Cowboys, Seahawks. I mean, the Cowboys, let's give – I mean, I'm not really – 
a fan of the Cowboys either, but I mean, the Cowboys are a stable team this year. They scream stability in the NFC East, which is known for its storied um, – it's a storied division, you know, guys. There's a lot of Super Bowls um, to go around in the NFC East. That's no jokes. No jokes, no cokes. Um, the Eagles are at the top, though, 8-1. and one. Uh, the Cowboys are um, six and three. So as long as the Cowboys can keep up, the race uh, to win the NFC East is definitely doable. Um, I would say for the Giants, like I said, at this point, you know, like I'm not saying tank the season on purpose. I don't do tank bowls. I'm just saying like get it together, New York. Like the Jets, like we know the Jets don't care. The Jets haven't done anything since Joe Namath, but us the Giants like we did something like recently like in this century like beat Tom Brady twice so it's important that you know Giants organization you don't fall by the wayside you don't allow people you don't give certain people the keys to the kingdom to make decisions and not vet them properly but that's like that's what's going on nowadays though kind of like you know what I mean like I it, it's not even like a let me let me be careful when I say this because I feel like you know like that when you give certain responsibilities to certain people and they're not ready for it it's just it it, it could it could end bad but at the same time playing devil's advocate here you gotta you gotta learn to trust somebody you know what I mean you have to if if all if all the like like natural that's just a natural way of things like you know next man up type deal and we found somebody and we we thought we thought we had what we needed and that would do good business but it just didn't happen so i guess maybe i need to give a little grace and mercy to the giants organization because maybe they legit thought that they had what they needed to go forward honestly it's not hard to see why they felt that way because we were in the divisional playoffs last year yes the team that's two and eight was in the divisional round of the playoffs that's one game away from the NFC championship but never you mind that so we got the last two games um the jets they played last night they beat uh, they, the jets lost to the raiders had sounds like such a terrible game. I don't even want to comment on it. Does I have any Jets or Raiders fans here? Is that what I have those? No. Okay. That's such a bad, such a bad game. And the Broncos and Bills have yet to play. They play today at eight fifteen Monday Night Football to discuss some current events here. So. Got us kind of pulled up here from ABC News. Um, with GOP opposition speaker Mike Johnson would need Democratic votes to pass plan to avert shutdown. Okay, here we go. Let me read it for you. So I'm what, before I read this, you know, uh, it's pertaining to the government shutdown that kind of looms over um, those who are working and employed by the U.S. government. I am one of those people. So um, the House is set to vote um, Tuesday on our plan. Newly elected Speaker Mike Johnson has uh, pitched to avert a looming government shutdown. 
Yet enough of his Republican hardliners have now said they'll oppose the funding measure that he'll have to rely on Democratic votes to pass it. So looks like a little bit of political back and forth going on in the House. So um, Johnson told his uh, GOP conference over the weekend that he is moving forward with a two-step government plan that he has described as laddered CR or continuing resolution that would keep the government funded at 20 at 2023 levels. Now it looks as if Johnson will have to look across the aisle to pass his plan since six Republicans have publicly said they won't vote for it. So his own, his own party is not even trying to vote for his two-step plan to avert a shutdown. Um, rep representatives, reps, Bob Good of uh, Virginia, Warren Davidson of Ohio and Marjorie Taylor Green of Georgia and Chip Roy of Texas, George Santos of New York, and also Scott Perry of Pennsylvania have all indicated they will not support Johnson's plan on the floor. Now, um, with a slim GOP majority, Johnson can afford to lose only a handful of Republican votes if all members are present. Democratic leaders are not taking an official position um, just yet on Johnson's government funding plan, saying in a letter Monday that they are carefully evaluating it. On Monday, Senate leadership uh, seemed to back Johnson's short-term funding plan. Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell took the floor in separate but similar speeches about Johnson's proposal. For now, I am pleased that Speaker Johnson seemed to be moving in a direction by advancing a CR that does not include highly partisan cuts that Democrats have warned against. Schumer said Monday on the Senate floor. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted to put that out there because you know, to wrap up the podcast, I, I kind of want to let you guys know that it's important that you, if you're not, if you haven't been, you need to start, especially like in my age range, like the millennials. So I'm 29, right? So it's like, it's very important that people that are in the millennial age range, you find a second source of income. I don't care if you work for Google and you make buku dollars like those companies could shut down tomorrow or you know like the government flirting with um with uh with shutdown like that you know what I mean for me I, I I don't like that so it may be that way right now but you know the next time this happens uh, my plan is to not be in this situation, you know, like that was kind of one of the reasons that like really inspired me to like move on this podcast, you know, and just continue to p put content out is because right now, you know, I'm just starting. And so I'm just gathering, you know, uh, a fan base and I'm gathering people who want to listen. But more than that, you know, I'm building something for me and my son um i'm building a second source of income and you know while it's not there right now it'll definitely come but 
that I guess that's just my my me throwing my hat in the ring on that. Like I'm not too big on politics. And I don't really care about a lot of the things that go on in politics, but I will say that with this government shutdown, like people should take notice. And if they only have if you're a person that has only one stream of income, it's important that you learn how to ad- adjust and get another form of in- another stream of income because I can tell that in the coming days like you're going to need it and it's just like it's just this big it's going to be this huge gap between the rich and the poor um that you've <clears throat> you haven't seen in America since um the early you know the early uh, 20th century you know what I mean so like it'll be like that, you know what I mean? Like where you you either got money like captains of industry, you know, like John D. Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie, or you know what I'm saying, like you're dirt poor. You know what I mean? I know that's like a super extreme, but there the the middle class is going away. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, three levels in America. It's like to keep it general, it's lower, middle, and upper class. But like and that's what I'm predicating it on. Nothing else. It's predicated on your situation um, monetarily. So if the group A, which is the lower income family, lowest, they don't, they're not able to make any payments. They're always getting evicted, da, 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 like on Section 8 housing or, you know, assisted living. That's group A. Group B middle class um depending on like i said situations group group b could actually be just like group a um because they don't know how to manage their money so if you're in the middle class but you terrible at managing money then you're gonna look like you in group a so you have group b who pretty much is paymented to death so like if you're not in the high class which would be rich people um then you probably want to be in like the middle class. But as I said, depending on how you manage money, you being in the middle class, like you could be dead broke or living paycheck to paycheck. You know what I mean? Or like I said, you know, you could be good with money, but just getting payments, you know, like just payment on everything, you know, payment here, payment there. And by the time you get done with your payments, like, you know, you got 500 bucks, 300 bucks, 200 bucks. So you gotta like kind of like you know squeak and squeeze through um the week the next two weeks, you know what I mean, but and then there's the 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 last class, which is the high class who you know like if you don't know how to manage money, you could very well be group in group a coming from group c you know you you mean you could go from group c to group a real quick too if you don't know how to manage money, just skip group b but yeah, I mean, usually like these people, they like on the financial side, they don't want for a lot. And uh, most people want to be in that class. Most people want to have that going on. But, you know, the point of the conversation is the middle class is going away. You know, the group B is going away and you're just going to see group group A and and group group C and um when it's a huge gap between the rich and the poor, you know, that's how things like the Russian Revolution, 
um, the French Revolution. Um, th that's how things like that get started. You know what I mean? When there's a huge gap between the rich and the poor and people are just kind of like, you know what I mean? Eating, eat, you know what I mean? They, they're getting fat off, off the land, you know what I mean? So that type of stuff can turn a society, but it, it, it'll take a minute to get there. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, in certain ways it is kind of like that. You know what I mean? You go, if, if people go on um, like social media, there's people that are literally paid to take a picture of some vacation and food, one of the both with their family and post it. And you got to look at it while you at work and they're on vacation and they're getting paid for that while you actually do things the right way in, quote, in quotations. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't even be mad at those people. I truly don't. Like um, people say like social media, um, it's a it's a tool to make people bitter because, you know, they, you know, comparing their lives to other people. And I've had that type of attitude before, but I just want to, like, challenge you, like, as I, you know, spit my last couple verses. I want to challenge you that if you're looking at things like that, um, instead of coveting it, you know what I'm saying? And I do mean that in a negative way, like, instead of wanting it so bad that you, you know, like, get bitter about it, why don't you say, why don't you ask yourself a question, well, how can I get there? You know what I mean? Or like, how, how can I do better business? Because obviously that person is, that person, you know, has, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. And, you know, obviously they just might do business a little bit better than you. Um, everybody's situation is different. Some people have legs up. A lot of people have legs up. It's not fair out here, but one thing that I would caution you to do is to guard your heart is to, when you see somebody having um, what you perceive as success through a picture, you know, or, or image or a video, just guard your heart because you never know what is actually going on on the other side of that, on the other side of that situation. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, uh, and, and if you want that particular thing, you can work for it. This is, uh, this is, this is still the greatest country on earth where somebody can come from nothing to something. You see it all the time. People, you know, come out of, um, jail and become rock stars in this country. You, I mean, you see it, you see people. Wesley Snipes went to prison for, I don't know, two years, tax evasion, got out and continued to be a movie star. You know what I mean? It's just like there have been people who've who've had stardom and they went to jail and they got out of jail. Michael Vick spent two years in prison, got out and be, still became like, like one of the best quarterbacks. I'm just giving those examples because. Instead of looking at that and saying what you could say, you could say America rewards bad behavior. You could say that. But you could also say that, hey, if if they had what was a pretty not going well life or just a lot, a lot going on enough to make them go be put in a jail cell, then 
I'm pretty sure that I can get up off my keister and make something happen. You know what I mean? Now, if you got ailments and stuff like that, yeah, whatever. But okay, but able bodied, you're able bodied, you're good to go. You're ready, all 10 toes, all 10 fingers. You know what I mean? Eyeball, left, right. Can smell, then go for it. This has been Tevin West, the Only Child Syndrome Podcast. Talk to you later.